Welcome to the Steelers Battle Lake Podcast. My name is James, joined once again by my co-host Cody. Cody, how are you on this fine Victory Tuesday? Yeah, Victory Tuesday, man. Uh, wow, it's been, listen, we've been in the dark ages for a little bit. It's okay, we're coming out of it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> it just feels like that. I don't know what to say. Uh, no, I'm doing good. James, how are you? Good, man. It's nice to have this feeling again. I feel like it's been a good month or so since we beat Brady. So uh, yeah. overdue. Nice to see a little uh, team rally action uh, and pretty neat to see how the effect of one or two guys coming back from injury can really make such a huge difference on a team. Yep, absolutely. Um, so before we talk the game, obviously we want to get to the game, but there's things that happened before the game. Um, Steelers did place William Jackson, the third, the cornerback that they just traded for from the Chicago bears. No. Yes. Chicago bears. Yes. Um, no. Washington Commanders. Washington Commanders. Chicago bears is where Claypool went. My brain's not yes. processing. Uh, they did place him on the IR and activated TJ Watt off of the IR, uh, with doing that with the William Jackson, the third Pittsburgh, no longer, uh, will lose the sixth round pick in 2025 to Washington. So that is huge. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to maintain that extra pick. I mean, obviously, that's a few drafts away. We still have the 2023 and 2024 drafts before that. Yep. Uh, but you never know when you're going to strike gold in the sixth round and find a nice uh, depth piece, nice Antonio Brown or something. So uh, always always worth having that extra uh, dart throw, you know? Yeah, for at least the first few years of their career, and then they go crazy. That That's just beside the point. Uh <laughs> and, and we got like eight good years out of them before we did. were absolutely nuts. We did. You're right. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick <laughs> was ruled out of this game. He did have uh, appendicitis and had to ha- get an emergency uh, appendix. Appendectomy. The appendectomy. I always want to say append. It's <laughs> it's an appendix, so I always want to say the appendix yeah. sound. Uh, yes. So he's going to be out for at least two weeks. Very unfortunate. Uh, you'll find out later when we talk about the game why we're not overly concerned about that. Uh, it's st- it's we'd still rather have Minka, but. We'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, with that kind of, Steelers also did elevate safety Elijah Riley from the practice squad. Turns out that was for no reason, almost. <laughs> and the reason he says it was for no reason is because the inactives list going into the game, uh, Mason Rudolph. Lulu. Uh, Mason Lulu. <laughs> <laughs> Mason Rudolph, Akella Witherspoon, uh, Elijah Riley, which, yep. uh, yeah, they elevated him just to sit him. Whatever. Uh, Micah Fitzpatrick, Kendrick Green, and Mark Robinson. So a few surprises there. Number one, what in the world was the point of elevating Elijah Riley if you're not going to dress him? Um, number two, Miles um, Jack. They dressed him but didn't play him. And apparently this was – a he can go but we really don't want to if we don't have to but he's a lot better at whatever percent healthy he is versus mark robinson uh ended up not even having to play miles jack at all he didn't play a yeah snap didn't play miles jack and i'm gonna argue your point on here or the point that if you i don't know if you read that or if that was just your input on it i think that pittsburgh is trying to be very sneaky with mark robinson I think Pittsburgh realizes that their middle linebacker depth is already not there. Plus, you have guys like Robert Spillane, Devin Bush, and Miles Jack, who are all on contracts. None of them are on long contracts at this point. Devin Bush, I think, is still on his rookie deal. Um, 
Miles Jack mm-hmm. has one year left after this year if we if we choose to keep him, I think. Uh and then Robert Splane, this is his last year, I think. I think he's on a one year deal also. Yeah. Why not not let the NFL get more insight of Mark Robinson than what we already got to see and got excited for in the preseason and be able to sneak him back on the roster next year when we lose one of these guys? Uh I don't know if it's really quite that deep just because Devin Bush is likely gone anyway. Robert Spillane wouldn't surprise me if he's gone also. Uh, And then Marcus Allen, same thing. He's also on a one-year deal. So three of the five guys on the roster are on the last year of their deal. Um, I guess I probably would lean towards uh, not being surprised if Bush and Allen were gone, but Spillane was kept. Yep. uh, Jack was kept uh, in – then Robinson still on his rookie deal. So obviously he'll still be there. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a little, to me, it's a little bit more that the middle linebackers are mostly being used in nickel and dime right now. Uh, very little base defense. <clears throat> and what Mark Robinson is best at right now is in base defense going against the run. Uh, so you don't necessarily want to put him out there and have him uh, trying to cover a bunch of space and tight ends and running backs and doing stuff that he, he really literally only has a couple hundred snaps experience doing. Yeah, if that. Um, and you don't want him to lose confidence because right now he should be pretty confident based off of what he did in the preseason. We don't want to just throw him into the wolves uh, against like pro tight ends, running backs and, and quality quarterbacks and stuff and, and get made a fool and then lose all his confidence. Uh, so. I think it's a little bit more his lack of experience as a pass defender in defending against the pass in general, blitzing the quarterback, all that stuff. Yeah. And that's fair. Um, I'm just, I just always try to think outside the box and make sure we're thinking of different things. So that was what I wanted to share with you. Um, Anyways, it's now time to go over the game. James Pittsburgh going up against new Orleans in Pittsburgh. Uh, little snow flurries during the game in the northern part of Pennsylvania. Not so much down there, um, but they did have the cold. They did experience that a little bit. And uh, James, spoiler alert, we came out with a dub. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> Podcast over. Yeah. <laughs> it's a win. <laughs> yeah, 20, 20 to 10, we wound up winning. Uh, we only let them score in the second quarter. We shut them out the entire second half. I'm proud of how the team played, and I'm especially proud of the offense. And I know that you probably are too, um, but I know that one of your three keys to success was three touchdowns, and I felt like they could have got three. Um, <laughs> they should have. They should have. They really should have. You know, they they had f- technically f- six total opportunities to score. Talking about s- the missed the missed field goal, two field goals, and then the two touchdowns that we did see. Um, you'd like to see them be 50-50 minimum on field goals to touchdowns, you know what I mean? Or like touchdowns to field yeah. goals. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't want to go broad spectrum on here. I know we're going to talk Kenny Pickett first like we always do, but I was just overall impressed with our team performance and how well they played, especially in the second half. Yeah, the offense moved the ball much more consistently, uh, much better on third down conversions, a whole crap load of first downs. What was it, dang near 30 first downs in this game? I want to say it was like 27 or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, They consistently moved the ball uh, in the run game. Man, the run game was the best it's been all year. So um, 
the explosive plays even. Uh, we saw explosive play after explosive play after explosive play. Uh, when you're talking 20-plus yard plays, we had four runs over 20 yards. We had zero on the entire season before this game. Yep. That's remarkable. That's huge. And here's the thing. And and this is what I talked about. We talked about it in the pregame show. We're going to get no, let's go through the let's go through this like we always do. Otherwise, I'm going to be talking about this all day. Um, Kenny Pickett, 18 of 30, a little less than 50 percent completion or a little over, excuse me, 50 percent completion. You'd like to see that be a little bit better, but it's not bad. Uh, 199 yards, just a yard shy of 200 yards passing. Uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Not a bad performance. Not going to blow up any kind of highlight reel. Um, I think Kenny Pickett, the the key here is coming from the rookie standpoint. He's a rookie quarterback. He did enough to not lose the game. Like easily yeah. could have easily could have pulled an Andy Dalton and thrown two picks in the second half and didn't. You know, he, he played cool. He kept his composure. He didn't force plays. A couple of times he, you know, made sure to get the ball out. And passed the line of scrimmage on a play where there was nothing downfield. He didn't force anything. I'm I'm proud of the growth we've seen in that aspect already this year with Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I um, I definitely am encouraged by the throwaways. Uh, and I know some people are like, man, find somebody and throw it to him. Well, that's how you end up with useless interceptions and, and drive killers. So uh, I like that he's extending plays with his legs and then if it's not there throwing it out of bounds where it can't possibly be intercepted uh so nice uh, process as far as the maturation there uh next step i want to see from him personally is a little bit better pocket presence i feel like when the pocket starts to collapse around him a little bit he's getting the jitters uh, and he's having a tough time really sensing exactly where he should scramble to uh, in order to extend the play and still be able to throw the ball. He's he's accidentally scrambling into pressure sometimes, causing some sacks that aren't 100% necessary. Uh, so I think that's the next evolution for Kenny. He's made the development on not taking unnecessary yards lost by running out of bounds. He's throwing the ball away on those. That's fantastic. Yep. Uh, he's cutting down on his turnovers. Fantastic. Uh, that's the next thing is I want to see him have a little bit better feel for the pocket and those quick little moves one way or another to make somebody miss without kind of panicking and taking three or four steps and then having that put you directly into a defender's lap. Yep. Uh, but on the flip side of that, uh, holy rushing performance, huh? When was the last time we had a quarterback run for 50 yards in a game uh, that wasn't like Cordell Stewart? <laughs> Probably it's probably been a while. Um, probably early Ben, right? <laughs> early Ben, early Ben, or early. late. It could have been late Ben. Who knows? No, it wasn't late Ben. Um, no, it wasn't late Ben. He could no. barely move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, and this was have... this was one of my three keys to success that I talked about. I wanted to see Pittsburgh have over 200 yards rushing as a team, and by golly gee, Whitaker, they did it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it wasn't by a ton. I think they rushed for like a total of 200 and. 14 or 17, 15 17 okay um but you know what the the thing that i like the most out of this Najee harris Najee harris averaged five yards a carry kenny pickett averaged 6.4 yards a carry jalen warren averaged 4.1 yards a carry your top three guys who will be carrying the ball if you want to include george pickens on this because of the end around performance 11.5 average yards per carry and one of them was a one yard touchdown if i'm not mistaken um, 
or two yard touchdown, whatever it was. Um, yeah, he was on the yard or two. These guys played drastically better. And foreshadowing, I think a large portion of that was the offensive line played drastically better than what we've seen. Um, and we'll yeah. get to that in a little bit. But the fact that Najee Harris put up 99 yards, Kenny Pickett put up 51, and Jalen Warren 37 on only nine carries. And J- and one of those was Jalen Warren broke one off and just outran a guy. Um, the defender tried to beat him to the <laughs> sideline, and he just said, nope. <laughs> Uh, and, and then the, the next run, he hurdles the guy or whatever. Like Jalen Warren is making a name for himself big time. He is. And I don't want to leave Derek Watt off this. That's list. fair. I know the average yards per carry is not ridiculous. Two carries for five yards. But what cannot be understated is that both of those carries achieved the first down. Yep. Uh, Derek is really carving out a niche in short yardage situations as being a guy that can convert and get you those first downs. Uh, so nice to see. Again, I feel like Derek's having a pretty nice year. He's not contributing as much on special teams as he has in previous years, but way more on offense, actually becoming a valuable member of the offense. Yeah, which is um, what we've so, always wanted. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and on that Najee Harris long, let's talk about that for a moment, right? So he's juking, he's making people miss he's breaking tackles and as he's on that final stretch did you notice who came running up from behind looking to try oh, to get i did mr kenny pickett himself <laughs> yeah and he was that's my it. quarterback man he was that's my quarterback it. he started that play off and now granted he's handing it off in a conventional which means his momentum is taking him the complete opposite direction of Najee running away from that end zone, uh, turns around, sees Najee breaking a tackle, and he even said in his post-game conference, uh, press conference there, that he saw Najee break that tackle and said, man, I better get down there. He might need me to block for him. <laughs> <laughs> man, this is what I want the offensive lineman to do, and our quarterback has the mentality of it. He's actually doing it and showing them and leading by example. You can't tell me that will not get infectious and have that start happening with these offensive linemen, especially if their lower body injuries are uh, healing up and they're not hurting as much on their ankles and knees and and all that stuff. You know, you're going to start seeing these boys running downfield and pushing piles and making blocks 15, 20 yards downfield. Uh, and that's what makes the difference in those long plays. Getting people downfield that, that spring you and block that corner or block that safety or that guy in backside pursuit and sealing them off. Yep. And that's the difference on those things, man. And a 23-yard run by Kenny, too, on an on actual run himself. Yep. Wow, man. Yeah, and he did he did the right thing. He actually slid this time. He uh, <laughs> he didn't fake it because that wouldn't end well in the NFL. Um, nope. Well, but yeah, it's illegal too. Well, that's true. But yeah, they played phenomenal. The the running game was there this week, and you know, and and on top of that, Kenny Pickett had more time than normal. Again, he still had got sacked a couple times, but he had more time than normal to throw the ball. Uh, when you look at these numbers, Deontay Johnson finally doing number one wide receiver type things. Catching the ball, getting first downs, minus the one time he caught it, had the first down and ran backwards uh, and lost the first down. Deontay. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So Deontay, four receptions for 63 yards, a 15.8 average. That is nice. That's new. I like it. Um, And and at any, I'm just going to go through these guys. If at any point you want to talk about someone specifically, stop me. Um, Anything over half of Deontay's yards, over half of 
and play the 36 yarder. Yep. Uh, but this is the first time we've seen him the entire season not give up on that route, keep running, catch the ball, and make a play happen. Uh, so nice to see. Uh, again, we're, we still want to work with Deontay on this whole uh, running backwards nonsense as he caught a ball two to three yards past the first down marker. This is a solid three. And he started going backwards to try to evade people, successfully evaded a couple, and then – ended up a yard short of the first down. And that was one of the times oh, yeah. that that was one of the times Derek Watt had to get that first down because we didn't get it on second down. I was going to say, did they convert on that they, drive? They did convert know. on that drive. I don't yeah. know if they got a touchdown or what, but I would be curious, but they did get the first down. So yeah, yeah, um, it's, you gotta, if you're, you gotta know where the markers are. And if you're past it, man, uh, sometimes you're better off hugging the turf than you are going backwards to try to make people miss. Yep. Uh, but yeah, continue uh, on down the list. There, yeah, please. so I'm just going to go through yards-wise specifically. Jalen Warren, three receptions for 40 yards, a 13.3 average. Uh, one of these was also to get a first down um, on a little like end around. They tossed, Kenny Pickett tossed it over to him and got a first down on, I believe it was either thir- a big third down or a fourth down. No, it was a third down. Um, no, it was a fourth down. I think I'm wrong. I think that was a fourth down that we converted with that pass play, I think. Oh, now I'm to look back and find out. Uh, but it was it was very good. And Jalen Warren, three for three targets for receptions. Um, you know, he's he's proving J- Jalen Warren is I, I said making a name for himself, but Jalen Warren is making himself a solid uh number one back in the NFL argument right here. Um sure he's not taking the workload right now, but in the workload that he has, he's performing way above expectations as an undrafted free agent. Uh, my only thing with Jalen Warren is this particular game, his running um, until the end of the game was not good at all. That's fair. Uh, he was like one to two yards a carry, and then he busted off that 21-yarder, and it kind of miscues it. <laughs> it the total. Yeah. Because when you look at it, nine carries for uh, what was 37. it? 37. yards. 37 yards, but if you take that 21-yarder off, now you're eight carries uh, for 16 yards. So he's averaging two yards a carry until he busted that off. Yeah. Uh, so I do want to see a little bit better consistency. Uh, I felt like his biggest impact in this game was in the receiving game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and boy, was he effective uh, receiving the ball and making some things happen. Uh, but it's just an under – it's really crazy that you get an undrafted running back like this and you're trying to figure out what his weakness is. Like early on in the process, he had a little bit of a fumbling issue going on in the preseason there. Yep. Uh, but he seems to have cleaned that up, doesn't seem to have that issue going on anymore. Don't worry, I just knocked on wood, so I don't have to worry about it next game. There we go. Uh, but he's excellent receiving the ball probably better making people miss in the open field after a catch than Najee is. Mm-hmm. He's excellent at blicking, picking up the blitzer, right? His pass pro is fantastic. He runs really hard between the tackles and he's got a really quick first few steps to get up to his top speed. Uh, so I think top end speed's probably the only thing you can say. <laughs> and, and we haven't really had a, a chance to see him really no, open. No, we haven't. Hands. No. So what is his top end speed? Do we even know? Nope, probably like, not. Did Jalen Warren run a 40-yard dash at his, his pro date? We're going to find out real quick while we keep talking. Um, <laughs> I want to know. While you're looking that up, I'm going to get down the list here. So Pat Fryermuth uh, had himself a nice day. Four catches, 36 yards. 
uh, nine yards per reception. Uh, Pat's a chain mover. He does an excellent job with that. George Pickens, three catches for 32 yards. Uh, his long one being a 14-yarder. Could have had a lot more, but unfortunately, Pat missed him on the first play of the game on a slant uh, where he had his guy beat by probably about two steps. That would have been a good, pretty big gainer, I think, uh, had that gone uh, as a completed catch. Um, where are you at on that? Are you four five five? Four five five. That's pretty good, man. Not bad. That's not, not slow. It's not blazing speed, but it's not not slow. Not, that's a full tenth faster than James Conner. He was a four six five. Yep. So we'll take that. I, I think Benny Snow was slower than that. <laughs> not Najee never ran one, and probably smart. Yeah. Oh, very smart. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Pat, going back to Pat Farmy for just a second, where'd you get Pickens? You got through Pickens? Uh, yeah, I just hit Pickens. Yeah. Um, so Pat Fryermuth again, Pat Fryermuth probably got a little extra love from the fans this game and a little extra love from his mentor because they did honor Heath Miller at halftime during this game. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger was there for that. Ben made sure to dap up, um, Pat Fryermuth in the pregame stuff. So, it was cool to kind of see that and see the bond that they built, even in the short year that they were together, um, Pat and Ben, and then obviously Heath coming in and, and mentoring Pat has been really big and really huge. Um, Pat should have had a better game. Uh, Kenny missed him a couple times. Uh, yeah. And, and they were they were not catchable balls, um, but I think that they could have been. Like the, the ball could have been thrown better. It's not like he was under complete you know duress and being attacked at the – at the point of contact or at the point of throwing the ball. But uh, again, Pat Farmer being the third leading receiver in this game is huge. You said George Pickens, uh, Steve Sims, Steven Sims Jr. One for 15, one catch 15 yards. We'll take that. That was a screenplay, wasn't yeah. it? It was a screen, a well-designed one at that, uh, that really, it gave the perception of uh, a, like a counter. We had a pulling guard going on in there. Uh, in both a guard and center got out in front of him blocking. Uh, and that's kind of the stuff that we've been looking for. We saw some slants in this game, yep. which we'd only seen like five on the entire season. Uh, and we saw an effective wide receiver screen with pulling offensive linemen. Uh, that's new to us as well. Uh, Connor Hayward involved a little bit in this game, two catches for nine yards. Uh, and Connor's been showing pretty well this season thus far. So, uh, nice to see him get involved. I think he was one of the other guys that took a shot to the head, wasn't he? He took a shot to the head, but I'm pretty sure on that exact play was the play that he fought for a first down. Uh, I was yeah. very impressed with Connor Hayward's play this game because he's continuing to prove that he has he may be smaller in stature, but he has the exact same toughness that's in his blood uh, and in his brother, Cam Hayward, because this guy, I'm getting excited the more I see Connor Hayward because he is not going down on first contact. He's fighting for extra yards. He's carrying guys double his size just for an extra yard or two, and sometimes the first down, like in this game. Uh, love to see that effort. And I think we're seeing that effort all across the board. Uh, Gunnar Olszewski mm -hmm. had a catch for four yards, big whoop. Um, I, I think we're seeing this. And I, I want to talk offensive line, obviously, now that we're going that direction. I will say this. This was by far their best game. I also think this was by far one of the lower-tier defensive line they've gone against in the sense that Cameron Jordan is not the same necessarily. He, and he's only one guy. I didn't see anything really from Marcus Davenport in this game. Um, that's because he didn't oh, play. Oh, that's because he didn't play. That's why. Who was I talking about? <laughs> Who's the other guy on the other side? 
<laughs> who was whoever it? his backup is is who was playing over there. Uh, yeah, they shut down David Onyemato. We they, didn't yep. have him. Uh, Tano Passenio, right? Was he the one? That That's the one. For, yes. For, yeah, and not a lot out of Tano. No, uh, but he's don't not get me wrong. Like a superstar. Yeah, both those guys had a sack in this game, but it was it was. I don't think one of the sacks was definitely Dan Moore's fault. Um, drastically Dan Moore's fault. I won't even try to hide that. But I felt like the offensive line actually handled stunts better. They handled blitzers better. They they did all the things better that we wanted to see them do that they haven't been doing. And even a little bit of the nasty on run plays. They've, they, you know, pushing the pile, getting in there, not allowing the play to, to get blown dead with no extra contact. Um, so that was enjoyable for me specifically, but I know we needed to break this down a little bit more, talk specific players. Um, is there anything that stuck out to you offensive line wise? Uh, to me, just, they, they worked as a unit in the run game drastically better than they have previously. Uh, lots of good combination blocks and people getting to the next level to get their guy. Uh, you just didn't have a whole ton of, of penetration in the running game. Uh, the pass blocking still left a little bit to be desired. There was a little bit of sloppiness going on there. Uh, but when it came to run blocking, I don't know if they just focused on run blocking the last two weeks exclusively or what, but I'll take it, man. Uh, they looked great. And, and I, part of my suspicion going into this is that we had seen a lot of these guys limping around out there. Uh, and still playing. And I thought that maybe, just maybe, that extra week off would give them enough time to heal up that they'd be able to play a little closer to their maximum potential. And I think that did have some some effect there. I think that did help these guys out. Uh, Mason Cole, specifically, I thought he looked very good in this game. Wasn't getting pushed around, and in fact was pushing some people around. Uh, so nice to see that swing of difference going on there. And uh, trending in the right direction. Now they just got to get the uh, pass protection cleaned up because that's two weeks in a row they had uh, six sacks. Uh, so got to um, get that cleaned up, otherwise it's going to be a real long season for Kenny. Yeah, and to put in perspective, the 200-yard rushing game. Uh, the last time Pittsburgh had a 200-yard rushing game was December of 2016, when Le'Veon Bell ran for 236 yards. Whew. <laughs> So that's to, a long time, man. That's a long Six time. Years. That's oh. a long time. Um, oh, and to be fair, I didn't know that stat when I when I put that down as a as a uh, you know key one of the, my keys to success for the game. I didn't know that was that it's been that long. Uh, but I'm also not surprised that it's been that long. So Pittsburgh's been getting down in games for so often now that you just got to throw the ball after that to to a, to a degree. Um, yeah. Looking defensive side of the ball, defensive line, Cam Hayward played strong. Didn't get a crazy big stat line, uh, but played well. I didn't see him get bullied or pushed around, which would take a lot for that to happen anyways. Um, yeah, he, he definitely was moving some people around. Yes. Uh, would have gotten a sack, except it counted for Alex Highsmith due to being a uh, strip. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought Cam looked good in this game. Continue though. Yeah. So, but I mean, Cam looked good. You had Chris Wormley come in and played a little bit. Didn't look horrible. Larry Ogunjobi um, made his presence felt. Montrevious Adams was present. I didn't see anything from him that stood out. Maybe you did. Um, 
the problem no was big splash plays, but at least he got involved and got a couple tackles, which yeah. is a, a positive change from what it's been because there's basically been no impact at all from the defensive tackles. Yeah, which uh, so is where we're at. Um, better. Yeah. Most, yeah, most of our talent and plays are coming from the secondary right now and the, the linebacker crew, which speaking of TJ Watt on his return, looking at the linebackers, only four total tackles. No sacks. He got close once, uh, but Andy Dalton was able to get the ball away. I thought he was going to swat it, honestly. He tried real hard. Um, and then you got Alex Highsmith, Pittsburgh's leading sack leader. Leading sack leader. Pittsburgh's sack leader uh, <laughs> with two more sacks on the game. Yeah. We'll take – he's at what, eight and a half? Eight and a half on the season now. Uh, I didn't look at the updated. I'm going to have to – Pull that up real quick while we're talking. Uh, real quick on TJ Watt, though. Um, TJ, immediate impact from TJ, right? So first play of the game, they try to run to TJ aside. He throws the blocker aside uh, and just goes and gets it right away. Uh, so he gets a tackle for uh, loss on the very first play. Second play, they try to run to his side again, and he gets in on the tackle again. Uh, so just really impressive work from TJ in this game uh, almost had that sack like we were talking about uh but unfortunately uh it was andy dalton got like a half a yard past the line of scrimmage yeah <laughs> so if he had gotten there just a little bit or uh we would have seen that as well but. yeah alex is currently tied for fourth on the on the year right now um if that's what you're looking up i don't know if that is or it or not um yeah, that's what I was looking for. How many people in front of him? I saw somebody had 11 and a half. Yeah, Matthew Judon for New England has 11 and a half. Zadarius Smith for Minnesota and Nick Bosa for San Francisco are at nine and a half. And then just Justin Houston and Alex Highsmith are at eight and a half. Um, so we will take that on double checking that stat line right now. Yeah, those that's are awesome, man. So that's great. He's top five, top five right now in the NFL. In, in the sacks. entire NFL. And the entire uh, NFL. Great. It it's no surprise, man. I mean, the, the dude's got one of the most effective spin moves you've ever seen since Dwight Freeney. Both of his sacks he got on the spin move. Like this dude is really good and he doesn't use it very often, but when he does, boy does it work. Well, and it uh, works so, so well because it works so well because when the defender tries to catch him, he almost pushes him and gives him more speed to get to the quarterback. Yeah. Uh it's it's a <laughs> yeah. and that's how Dwight Freeney did it too. Dwight Freeney made sure yeah. that when it, wherever he felt their hand on his back, he made sure to turn so that it was giving him momentum in the right direction. Great job. Great job. Anyways, continue. Yeah. Yeah. And then he had that, uh, that forced fumble as well. So it goes down as two sacks and a forced fumble on the game. Uh, tremendous. Uh, he's got three forced fumbles on the season. Now only one guy in the entire NFL has more forced fumbles than him. Uh, and that's a gentleman by the name of Kobe Bryant. Rookie corner out of Cincinnati. Yeah. Dang. Not that... Cincinnati Bengals, Cincinnati Bearcats. Yeah, I knew what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you uh, meant. Before we leave the linebacker room, uh, going to the middle linebackers, Robert Spillane really showed up in this game. Yeah. Uh, got the start and played every single snap. There was a fourth and one where they tried to QB sneak and the guys in the middle stood it up and then Spillane kind of came over the top and around the side and grabbed Andy Dalton and got him down to the ground and it made sure he didn't get there. Yeah. Uh, there was just a lot of impact plays from Robert Spillane in this game. 
uh, and they were able to completely nullify Taysom Hill. Uh, he was a zero impact in this game, and a lot of that was due to the play of Robert Spillane. So a uh, nice game out of Spillane. Uh, Bush wasn't bad himself, just didn't put up anywhere near the yeah, didn't uh, pop. impact that we saw. Didn't pop, um, which that's fine. Uh, the D, The secondary lights out in the second half, played phenomenally. You look at guys like Cam Sutton, uh, two tackles on the day. Uh, Arthur Mallette only had put up one total tackle and a pass defense, but that pass breakup was phenomenal. Uh, Perfect. Played the gap, just like we've talked about for the last few years, playing the gap, putting your hand up in between their hands and wiggling them around until the ball comes out is basically what they do. <laughs> uh, but it works. It, it's, it's exactly how it's coached. Uh, it was a bigger man than him that went up and high pointed the ball, and he just basically waited until he came down and then ripped the ball out. <laughs> so, uh, perfect job by Arthur Mallette, who's really trying to step up uh, as his role seems to be increasing due to the injuries to everybody else. Yep. Uh, nice game out of um, Levi Wallace here. He had a tipped pass that was then intercepted by DeMonte KZ and then also had an interception himself where he out-muscled somebody for the ball. Uh, so nice job from Levi Wallace. Uh, I'm not going to say that he's a number one corner by any means, uh, but doing his job in this game, looking like a really solid number two or three corner, uh, and you got to be happy to see that. Yeah, absolutely. The secondary, uh, you know, are the, excuse me, the safety specifically even. Um, Terrell Edmonds you know, didn't do he was any, good again. he was good again. I don't, um, he didn't mess up. You're right, James. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> uh, he's not getting your turnovers, but he's not getting uh, anything given up behind him. Either. No. And, and DeMonte KZ came in and, uh, he, he performed, stud. he performed certified stud. DeMonte KZ. We'll take it. I don't. I don't have anything else to say about the secondary. He had that pick, um, where the ball ball basically got tipped and then picked off by him, and it was an amazing. It looked like a Minka Fitzpatrick play. I said this before the show to James, where like the ball was there and just caught it on his shoulder, brought it in, and just made the play. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal play from um, Demonte, and we need that. We need that. We need it next week too against the Bengals because Minka yeah. will not be back. So. Let's go. Yep. Yeah, it would take a minor miracle, actually probably a major miracle for Minka to be ready to play against the Bengals because uh, it'll only be eight days after his surgery. Uh, again, they probably didn't make a large incision. This is all done uh, laparoscopically now, so it's tiny little holes. Uh, but he's got to heal up. True. <laughs> so it's not something that, that is a quick process. Uh, the only positive mark that you can look at is that he was actually on the sidelines walking around in this game, uh, which was no more than 24 hours after having emergency appendectomy. So uh, that's a good sign for everything having gone extremely well through the process. Uh, so I'm excited to see what DeMonte KZ can bring to the table in the meanwhile, and he's really going to have to bring his A game next week. Uh, so let's move on to special teams, Cody. Yeah, so special team stats specifically with Pittsburgh. Um, obviously, we talked about the fact that Chris Boswell was going to be out this game and probably a few games, let's be real. 
Uh, Matthew Wright came in three field goal attempts, only two field goals made. Also had the, uh, obviously, two extra points made as well. Not his best game, not his worst game. I don't know, four? There were four attempted field goals and only two. Oh, he missed two. You're right. You're right. He did miss two. My bad. Um, Unfortunately. What an up and down game for Matthew. Stinks because I... I remember him being a very accurate kicker, and both the ones he missed, he just shanked, shanked the them bad. Jesus out of him. Yep. He pulled them real hard to the left. Uh, his first couple kickoffs were really short, you know, five-yard line, 10-yard line. I'm looking at it thinking, what is going on? This is, this is not the guy I was reading about. This is not the guy that was playing in Kansas City earlier in the year. I don't understand why he's playing so poorly. And then he seemed to kind of settle down as the game went on. Uh, started making his kicks. The kickoffs started going to the end zone. Uh, so he did settle down. Uh, Tomlin is standing by him saying that you know, he's going to be just fine and everything. But realistically, they signed him off of the practice squad from Kansas City, so they can't cut him for three weeks. Nope. Nope, not That's at all. the way that works is that he's he owns a roster spot for three weeks. So, I mean, you could cut him, but you're still going to pay him, and you can't fill a spot. So what's the point? The the only thing they could do is sign like Nick Skiba back to the practice squad and then elevate Skiba and play Skiba instead of him. Yeah, uh, they could have him inactive; he'd still get paid. Uh, but yeah, you you kind of have no choice but to roll with him. So let's hope he plays a lot better against the Bengals because we're gonna need every kick there. I think the Bengals are a little bit tougher than than the Saints are. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Presley Harvin the third, three punts for 41-yard average. Two of them were inside the 20, which was good. Um, so we'll take that. And then obviously Steven Sims, only one kick return, but 27 yards, not bad. Could have broke it. He tried to break it, it's didn't good. break it. Uh, and then one punt return for three yards. That was just whatever. Um, no, no disappointment there or anything like that. Steven Sims did what he could with what he had that game. Uh, but that's going to be it for the game breakdown. Injuries after the game. Kenny Pickett, if you guys did see, did get rolled up on on the backside of one of his ankles um, during a sack. Uh, unfortunately, he was very much limping after that. I didn't. I didn't get any update. I don't know if you did. He says it's no big deal. Uh, he was able to finish the game out. They taped his ankle and he toughed it out. Uh, no surprise there. Uh, kid's pretty tough <laughs> for a rookie. Uh, so. Uh, I think he'll be just fine. He says he'll be just fine, uh, and we'll see as the week goes on. Uh, but I imagine he'll be a full participant in practice all week. Uh, and they'll just – worst-case scenario, they'll tape him up and he'll run, go out there and he'll play on Sunday anyway. Yeah. Um, pretty worthwhile note. Going into this game, there was only one team other than the Pittsburgh Steelers that Mike Tomlin had not beat as a head coach yet, uh, and that was rectified. New New Orleans Saints. So, yeah. Coach T has now beat every team in the league except for the Steelers as a head coach. Uh, and that's just because he's only ever been a head coach with Pittsburgh. Uh, so pretty impressive adding to his resume, which is pretty impressive. Uh, now let's see if he can continue with writing this ship. You know, we got to step in the right direction. Um, let's see if these boys can keep it going and Coach T can keep them focused here. Uh, this Bengals matchup is going to be a difficult one, but we're going to be wearing color rush. So that is helpful because they win most of their games in color rush. Not all of them, most of them. Though. Most of them. Uh, also, in other news, the, with the trade that happened with the Bears for Chase Claypool, 
uh, for their second round pick. The Bears pick will currently sit at position 37, which we're, I'm just hoping for top 50 at this point. Um, 37 yeah, it'll is, be top 50. <laughs> I know it'll be top 50, but 37th is great. That is, that's very early in the second round. Um, we'll take that. We will. Yeah. Take, and that's what that's. It'll be fifth? the sixth pick. Cause there's only 31 yeah, yeah, yeah. in the first round this year. Cause of the dolphins. Uh, so yeah, that's like the sixth pick in the second round. And you know, what is exciting about this for me? Uh, multiple times, I would say probably two of the last three years in the draft class, we've gone through a bunch of mock drafts and we see in the late thirties, the mid forties, two or three safeties will go right. Uh, usually there's like one or two guys that go in the first round. And then there's this block of guys that maybe they're not good enough to go in the first round, uh, but they're going to go real high in the second round. That pick is perfect for those types of guys. Now we'll see how this draft class shakes out. I don't know what that looks like yet as far as how many safeties, how good are they, uh, who's going to fall in that range. Is it going to be Jair Brown from Penn State? Uh, he's having a nice season. Uh, so you never know. Uh, but I'm very interested in seeing if that pick that early puts them in a perfect position to get a running mate for uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, so we'll definitely keep an eye on that, keep you updated on that current pick number for the Bears, um, again, in, in the trade that we did with them for Chase Claypool. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. James, did voting end for Erie's Choice Award yet? No, it looks like it's still going. Okay, so if you guys haven't already, make sure you check the link inside the description of this video or the audio if you're listening on a, on any kind of podcast platform. And make sure you vote for Best Podcast in Erie's Choice Awards. Just enter your name and your email address. You'll get a link sent to you. Go find Best Podcast Dealers by Lake. Thank you guys so much. And again, until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.